One of the first things to understand about yoga philosophy or about um, meditation is that uh, who am I? Uh, this is also a question that is a very important question that generally people don't even ask. Who am I? They just kind of assume they are what they see in the mirror and what they, you know, what we're taught in school is quite strange because it goes against um, logic and scientific evidence. Let me explain. Uh, like when, when you first go to, you know, your very first classes in school, when, when uh, you start to learn about this identity, and it's like, you know, if a teacher, you know, gives you out a, if a teacher tells you, or t gives you a form to fill out, you know, you're in third grade or something, uh, about you, you know? So everyone says this is some kind of assignment, everybody's got their own assignment, so uh, one person has, you know, there's a, a section for hair, skin, nationality, age, height, sex, right? This is generally like, you put those together and, 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 and you're kind of getting you know, your identity down here, right? So you, you think, okay, I am Mexican or, and I am uh, five, you know, four foot five, four foot whatever, and uh, I, I weigh you know, 100 pounds. And, um, you know, so they, you start, anyway, what happens is you, right from the beginning of our schooling, we start identifying this body as myself. This body is who I am, right? Uh, and later on, like if you keep going through school, they reinforce this identity, this false identity. Like, for example, uh, there's a quote from Carl Sagan. Do you guys know Carl Sagan? Yeah. He says, uh, "I am a collection of water, calcium, and organic molecules with the collective label called Carl Sagan." You know this one? Yeah. And, and you and you are a collection of almost. Of, no, your collection of identical water, calcium, and organic molecules with a different collective label. So, what he's saying is, um, you know, I'm made up of different molecules, right? All these molecules, and they come together with this form and name, Carl Sagan. And that's who I am. He says, I am that. And then you, talking to a student, uh, are a collection of identical water, calcium, and organic molecules with a different collective label. And with, you know, John Smith or whatever. So he's saying that I am those chemicals. That's what I am. I'm a collection of those chemicals. And every time I, I give this example, everyone agrees, well, yeah, that's true. But actually, it's not. If you look at the statement, what he's saying, he's saying, I am that. I am those chemicals. Now, uh, we can easily see how we're not those chemicals. It's very easy. Um, we, you know, the, the body is made up of millions of cells, right? You know this? It's all made up of all cells, right? And uh, further, this, these cells are also made up of different molecules and so on. So, the cells that are making up my body now didn't make up my body five years ago. And the cells that are making up my body now, they're not going to be making up my body in five years. Because the process of metabolism. I take in uh, stuff from the environment for example, I eat an apple, which was making up a tree body, right? I eat an apple, uh, the molecules that made up the apple now digest in my stomach and they, th those molecules go to make up the, the, you know, they go to feed those cells and become those cells that are in my body now, right? And the molecules that are in my body now, they get excreted through 
many different ways. Hair, sweat, stool, nails, urine, etc. Right? So, uh, for example, this, this nail that I have here right now, it looks like the same nail that I had on five years ago. It's not. The skin's not the same. You got a new suit of skin every month. Uh, this hair looks the same length as it did last year, but obviously it's not the same hair. That hair's in the barbershop floor, right? Uh, the, the stomach, all the parts of the body are going through this change constantly. There's nothing that's exempt. Not one part of the body that's exempt from this metabolism process. Even the matter that makes up the bones, the bone crystals are always forming, reforming. It's not the same stuff. So it's a scientific fact. The stuff that made up my body five years ago is not the stuff that's making up my body today. So how can you claim that you are that, right? Because you existed five years ago. All of us can remember. I existed five years ago. I existed ten years ago, right? If we all rem maybe we can do a little meditation right now to like really bring this point home because it's really important to grasp. Um, if you can just maybe close your eyes and <coughs> think about your very first memory uh, that you can remember as a child. Mia, I think I was about three or four. So just get that in your mind. Think about that. Now, consider um, what your body looked like at that time. Maybe you can remember some photo albums or something. Okay, now, consider uh, what you were feeling during that particular experience that you remember. Okay, now we're going to skip to five years down the track. So let's say um, third grade. Okay, so let's all remember something that happened in the third grade. And how you were feeling, how that uh, incident affected you. And what your body looked like at that time. And now we uh, fast forward to the eighth grade. So. Think about something that happened then. And how your body had changed. Uh, how it's different than the third grade body. What it looked like. And how that particular thing that happened affected you. How you're feeling. And now, uh, when you graduated high school. So what you, or when you left high school. How, what your body looked like and how you're feeling at that time something that happened around that time and now uh, if you can remember something that happened yesterday and how you're feeling yesterday and how your body has changed from that high school body So you can see you're the same person that went through all those experiences. You can open your eyes. You're the same person that went through all those experiences, right? That was you doing those certain things. I have no idea what you did. I have no idea what you guys did. You guys don't know where I was or what I was doing. Because we're all individuals and we all have our own individual experience. And it's us experiencing all those things, right? But the body that you had when you were five years old or four years old, that's completely gone. That's way gone, you know? Not only is it gone. It looks completely different, right? 
you know, you ever take a photo album and then, I mean, I do this sometimes, you know, I show people, look how cute I was as a kid, and people were like, that was you? You know? They couldn't believe how, how, how much is, how different it is, you know? So, uh, Carl Sagan, you can see, is wrong now, right? There's no doubt about it. It's completely erroneous. It's a completely false conclusion that I am that water, calcium, and organic molecules. Because if I was, I'd be spread all over the place, right? If I take it, when you take a crap, uh, is, are you there in the crap? Because those calcium and molecules are there. Are you, th are you like in there looking up at the butt? No, you're not. It's not you. That's not who you are. You're looking down at it, right? So, um, this is like, this is, you know, this point is, is really, really, like, is really important to grasp. It's not being taught in schools. And uh, it's, it's really the basis for, you know, uh, if you don't, if you don't, if a person doesn't even consider who am I, then how are they going to know what to do in life? How are they going to know where happiness is? They're not going to know. They're living everything off of, everything is a falsity. So, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this, this idea here. Not idea, but truth. Um, there was this, uh, there's this other um, very famous influential scientist, uh, he was a co-discoverer of DNA. His name was Francis Crick. You guys ever heard of that guy? Francis Crick. Anyway, he's a very famous guy because he, he, he was, as I said, a co-discoverer of DNA. And, uh, you know, these, these guys are, they're expert in getting grants. You know? <laughs> That's how they make their living, by getting grants. So, and, they, and especially somebody who's been uh, honored and praised, dishonor is worse than death. You know, so they, they don't want to say anything like I don't know, especially if they're regarded as an intelligent person, you know, really a high intelligent person that the whole society looks up to as someone of great intelligence, you know. So uh, anyway, somebody had evidently asked him, uh, um, who am I? Who are you? You know, and he had quite a, he had a deeper understanding than Carl Sagan about it, like, uh, but we can see how he was flawed in his understanding in a second. But uh, just to give you an idea of the, a little bit of the depth of his understanding is like he was able to perceive, and I don't know if it was through scientific experiments or what, but uh, you know, the whole process that happens that makes it so you're actually seeing, you know, someone's actually seeing there through the eyes. It's quite, if you actually, if you actually look at the science behind it, it's quite um, uh, remarkable, the actual process that happens. And I'll just give you a quick, I mean, I don't know the whole process, but uh, just to give you a quick um, run through of it. Like say you're, si you're sitting in a movie theater, right? And you're watching a movie screen. Uh, what happens is there's a projector at the back of the movie screen, right? And it shoots out light particles. And those light particles bounce off a silver screen that has like a reflective coating on it. And those light particles then bounce back. It's actually light particles. It, it just, oh, I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, there's these light, light particles that, that, um, that hit your 
part of your eye, right? And I don't know all the names of the different parts of the eye, but there's different parts of it, like the retina and the, the lens, whatever, right? I don't know all the names. But it goes through that, and, and uh, you know, if, if you take an eye out and, like, look at it, right? Because you got it. It's like a squishy, like, you know, thing. But actually, the technology behind an eye is, like, mind-blowing. It's, like, completely, like, amazing. Um, I had, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm into, like, a, I have, like, a nice camera, right, photo camera, and I, you know, I, I used to be quite, for different things I do, I, I, I need to take good pictures, so, uh, and I'm into camera lenses and stuff, right, I was at one point, and, and, like, if you look at the, the way that the camera, what happens when a camera takes a picture, it's quite similar to actually what happens uh, with the eye and the brain and everything. The, the 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 light goes through the lens and then it's not like the the image that you see on the back of the camera is like a clear shot from the lens to the back of the camera there's all these steps that happen right it goes like it hits the sensor and then the sensor switches the light signal to an electric impulse that goes through wires to like some kind of computer and then that decodes those electric signals and then i mean it's like how how do they do this right and then and then like they that somehow puts the image on the back of the screen and then you you watch the back of the screen right you don't watch exactly as it came through so actually that's what happens with the eye too like it hits this um, it goes through this squishy stuff and all that and it, and it, it transfers the light to electric signals goes the, the, ele the electric signal goes through the optic nerve and then um, you know goes to the, this certain part of the brain and then it hits this some cortex thing and then it, I forgot the names for everything but then it goes back and then it just kind of gets scrambled in there and then <clears throat> so Francis Crick was wondering well he sees that whole thing happening he understands how it's all happening but uh, his question was well who's watching it you know just like we're, we're watching we're, we're looking at a camera we're watching the camera right so there's somebody watching the image so just like uh, so we see the image the image is there but we're the one perceiving it, we're the one watching it, right? Okay? So the question was, well, who is that person who's watching the, the, the image? Am I, am I losing you guys? Or, you got, okay. So, um, because the book, the image, I would think that it would be the, well, I don't know, the mind or the brain behind it. I don't know. Just well, that's the thing. So, so he, he took that, he, he followed the, the, the pathway of where it went, right? Yeah. And it, there's no end thing. It just kind of gets scrambled in, and uh, like I don't know. Like he was he was opening it up, and, and he was I, I'm not really sure what he was hoping to find. Like I think maybe he was thinking there was like a little guy in there watching the whole show, you know? Because we want to know who's the perceiver, who's the guy who's watching it all. Because it's not just the eyes that are seeing. It's not just the eyes. There's hearing, right? Because somebody's you know there's sound coming in, and somebody's perce like somebody's perceiving visual stuff, somebody's perceiving sonic things, and somebody's perceiving the touch, right? It's all the same person experiencing all that stuff. So who is that guy? Right? Who is the person? So, uh, anyway, so he couldn't find it. He went, he went, he's like, I don't, it's just, the hearing thing goes there, and then this, where's the guy? Right? Where is the, where is the, the guy who's, who's experiencing So he came up with the, he started saying, well, the his answer to the lady who, who was asking the question was um, 
the idea that I exist is an illusion. Actually, this um, because I, you know, I, I went through I went through the whole thing and I couldn't find the, I couldn't find anything. Therefore, there's no there's no existor. There's nobody who's perceiving. There's in other words, there's perception, but there's no perceiver. This was his idea, but uh, the the you know you have these really intelligent guys and they miss like they miss the most obvious things this in his case he's saying his saying his what he's saying is that the idea that i exist is an illusion okay now if we look at that statement what is an illusion an illusion means somebody is seeing something uh, differently than what it actually is Right? That's what an illusion is, right? So, in order to have an, an illusion, there must be somebody, there must be an illusioned, right? There must be somebody who's deluded, right? You can't have illusion without somebody who's experiencing illusion, right? So, uh, the question is, well, who's Who's touching? Who's seeing? Who's hearing? And he's saying, well, nobody. It's an illusion. But what he's forgetting is, what he's not realizing is, it takes somebody to have an, an illusion. Right? right? He's, he hasn't solved the problem. Who's seeing with the eyes? Who's seeing with the ears? Who's, or who's hearing with the ears? Who's having the illusion? It's still the same question. Who is the person? Right? It can't be an illusion because... Illusion doesn't just float around by itself. It needs to have somebody having the illusion. Okay? You guys understand that? So, uh, modern science has not been able to give us an a answer about who is the self. You understand? Yeah. So, um, the reason is, is because the self, according to all the, the yoga masters, the, um, and if you were to hear such people, like I've had the great fortune of hearing, which by the way, I'm not, this stuff isn't coming from me, I didn't make it all up, I, I have a teacher who, who you know, taught me this. If you're able to hear such people speak, it's just like, the, the, the clarity and the, the vision of, of such realized yogis is just unbelievable, amazing. And uh, these yoga masters, these uh, enlightened souls they'll tell you and not only that but the yoga scriptures the vedas the all the scriptures of the world will tell you that the self is not material the self is not made of matter you exist i exist but we're not material right we're another energy this energy is called brahman or spirit spiritual energy which is the difference between uh, a, a dead body and a live body the the the, the modern scientists have no idea what is the fundamental difference between life and death. This is another whole long subject. I, I can go into this one too, but I, you know, we're kind of going to get to Maybe next time we'll talk about that. But they don't know. They have no definition. They have no real definition for the word life. They have a so-called definition where they beat around the bush, but they don't have a, an actual definition. They don't understand what life is. But actually the transcendentalists, the yogis, they know very clearly what life is. And life is an inseparable quality of the, the person. You are alive. Where there's life, there's a person. 
where there's no life, there's just matter, right? So, like, the, the difference between a dead body and a live body uh, is that somebody's in it, right? When somebody is out of the body, it's a dead body, right? So the person has left it. So the person, the person who leaves the body and who enters the body is eternal. The body is temporary. The body will come into being at some point, last a certain point, and then it'll finish. But the person who is inhabiting the body is an eternal uh, spark of life. So uh, this is the, the, the very first thing to understand about yoga philosophy is that I am not material. I am spiritual. I am not made of matter. This, this bones, the blood, the guts, the shit, the hair, all that nasty stuff that's making up my body is not who I am. 